Hello and welcome to another episode of Engagement Zone, uh, run by the Employee Engagement Awards. Uh, I'm Matt Manners, your host for today uh, and CEO and founder of the awards. Um, we usually at this this juncture give some current affairs to start the podcast, but to be, to be honest, there's nothing that noteworthy in the news or, or that, that inspiring. So we're going to cut straight to the chase and to, to today's guest. A multiple award winner in North America and has recently uh, this week been uh, announced on our top 101 global employee engagement influencer list. Um, from Cisco, please welcome Carmen Collins. Hello. Hello, Matt. How are you? Hi, I'm good. What, what's up with you? What's new in your world? Oh, it's just summertime in Florida and we're trying to stay cool. That's and trying to keep up with the busy. <laughs> Is there such a thing as summer in Florida? I was, I was talking to a Floridian, I think. Is that is that the term, Floridian? Floridian, that's us, yes. I was talking to somebody, a Floridian uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they just said, we have summer and winter, and then just a, just some, summer and summer is just, just hell. Well, we, <laughs> definitely have, we definitely have summer, which right. is when all of the snowbirds go home because it's just too hot for most people. Um, but we have a, we have a joke in Florida that we have four seasons. We have football season, hurricane season, wildfire season, and winter. Um, wow. So, yeah, we we don't have a ton of seasons, but summer is definitely pretty hot. So you're surviving summer at the moment. Are you, are you going anywhere on vacation, or are you staying in Florida? No, I'm taking a Christmas vacation this year, and I'm coming. I'm heading your way. Uh, we're going to go to Paris and Germany for the Christmas markets. Um, and so this crazy Floridian has bought all the North Face gear and the gloves and <laughs> I'll never wear it again, but I'm ready for Paris in the winter. So Brilliant. Well, if you happen to get an urge to come to London uh, and jump on the Eurostar, then let, let me know if you're coming. Uh, just jump on the train. Jump on the train. It's there. It's three hours. We'll see you. So. Um, but no, that's awesome. Great to hear it. So so let's, let's get into... Um, your story. I'm going to try uh, for once to actually really take a step back and let you take us all through the journey of your award-winning uh, brand strategy and campaign, hashtag We Are Cisco. So can you tell us about the why, the how, the what, what's next, and inspire us about what an amazing employer brand can do and how it can transform a business? Sure. That's a really big question. So I'll try to I'll try to tell you the history and keep it short and sweet and uh, hopefully helpful to listeners. So this November marks my fifth hashtag Ciscoversary. Yes, we have a hashtag. It's hashtag Ciscoversary. And we didn't make that up as a talent brand team. Our employees post that. And that's one of the things that I think is great about the We Are Cisco employer brand strategy is that a lot of it comes directly from our employees. We often say, why are you calling us Ciscoians? We don't like that. And I, you know, we answer in social media, well, you guys call yourself that. So we're just reflecting back in social media, what you say, what you think. Even our motto, we have a new motto from the, for about the last year and a half now. It's be you with us, hashtag we are Cisco. And people say, that's awesome. That's a great tagline. And I don't even like to call it a tagline. Because it's sentiment that comes directly from the employees. If you ask them why they love working at Cisco, one of the top three reasons would be because I get to be myself and I don't have to have a work face. I get to have an, uh, you know, just be me. Yeah. And all, all I did was take their sentiment and put it into a nice pithy format um, 
but everything comes from our employees. And I say that because when we started five years ago, I came on to, uh, onto this team five years ago when it was just basically getting off the ground. And people ask me a lot how we got executive buy-in, how we got company buy-in. And I don't really know how to answer that question sometimes because when this started five years ago, it was kind of the perfect storm of opportunity. We put the right people in place on the team. We started out with a small but mighty team of three. We are now we are now a small but mighty team of 12. If I count correctly, we've grown. We've almost doubled in size in the past three months just because of the metrics that we've shown and how important the business thinks this is. Um, but how, how many people at Cisco? There are 74,000 globally. That'd be a good ratio then. <laughs> yeah, it's still a small, on that ratio, it's still a small but mighty team. But when we started, we had, the reason we started is our executives knew we needed it. Um, Our VP of talent acquisition at the time was a big fan of employer brand, and she was very instrumental in starting this team. Our chief people officer at the time, well, she's still our chief people officer, Fran Katsudis, really had bought in. And um, my manager, Macy Andrews, who's the uh, executive director for talent brand and university recruiting she was leading up the team and she recognized the importance of it as well. So we kind of had this perfect storm. I don't know how to tell people to convince their execs because our execs, it was a top down thing that they knew we needed this, but we put the right people in place. And um, when I came in at the time, our social handle, well, we were just on Twitter. Our social handle was at Cisco careers and we would post and we laugh about it now we would post things like hashtag hot job, hashtag apply, hashtag now. And we would write this tweet of what was then 140 characters and almost every word was hashtagged. And then we would not hashtag the word the or something. And we're like, why did we leave that out? You know, if we're going to hashtag everything else. Um, And it was really, it was really bad. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And we had a, an employer brand consultant come in. His name is Ed Nathanson. And some people who are listening may know Ed. He works for Red Pill Talent. And he came in and um, basically told us we sucked. And um, Ed and I laugh about it now. My manager, Macy, and I laugh about it now. But um, Macy looks over at me and she says, Carmen, how do you feel about that? And I said, he's not wrong. We've just always felt very constricted with guidelines and, you know, brand and what we can do and what we can't do. And she pretty much said, well, take all those restrictions away and go do what you think we should do. And if it works, we keep doing more of it. And if it doesn't work, we adjust and we try something else. Um, and in that line of the perfect storm, it's interesting. I don't identify myself as an HR person. I don't ind- identify myself as a talent acquisition person. I identify as a social media person. And what I did is I took the social media knowledge and best practices that I had spent. I'm not even going to tell you how many years because that'll uh, age me, but I'm a Gen Xer just to give you an idea. And I've been working in social since it was called community. We didn't even call it social when I started. And I just took the best practices and I said, look, you, you, you know, the first thing we have, first place we have to start is social. We have to stop talking like we're a 70,000 person company. We have to start talking like we're 70,000 people at a company. Yeah. And it's a big difference. And we started to 
um, follow our employees in social media. We started to listen to what they said, and we realized that we had a content treasure trove in employee sentiment. And it was just good social practice to amplify their voices. But over time, studies like the Edelman Trust Barometer would come out and say people don't trust brands, they trust people. And our tactics were validated by data and other learnings. And so I like to think we were one of the first employer brands to kind of take this angle. Um, We're certainly not the only one doing it now, but we just, again, it was this perfect storm of how we started. And the first year we ran our hashtag, we are Cisco hashtag love where you work contest to incentivize employees to start posting more in social media. And it was such a popular concept with our employees and our executives and our, you know, people managers that after the contest ended, they kept doing it. And it it was an added benefit. I don't think, and again, I think that's part of our perfect storm is we would try these things and we would have added benefits after that we would just grab a hold of and run with. Right. But I don't think we planned it that way. I think, you know, in our wildest dreams, we might've hoped for it. We've got a lot of yeah, and employees kept using it. And so we changed our handle to We Are Cisco, um, again, because we wanted to to not limit ourselves to just job postings. Um, I think we learned pretty quickly that for us as a company, we're a B2B company. We are an older technology company. We're 33, I think we're starting our 33rd year as, as a company. And so we didn't have the the sexy brand of Google or the budget of GE, um, you know, to do our employer branding. So uh, we just knew that our employee voices was the way that we got this message out. And that's what we started doing. And we've, we've taken that and run with it. This will be our fifth year running the love where you work contest. Um, We've seen entries grow every year and We've done some cool things in between. One of the things we won an award for, I think it was two years ago. You have to keep me honest, Matt. I can't remember. Was our contest with employees. Uh, We had just finished our Love Where You Work contest, and an employee stood up in one of our all-employee meetings and asked our CEO, Chuck Robbins, if we could celebrate uh, Star Wars Day as a company. And it was kind of funny. You could see on Chuck's face that, he was trying to he was trying to process this. You have an opportunity to ask the CEO of a company a question, and this is the question you want to ask. And then you could see his face change, and he smiled because he realized he was being asked a culture question. And then he got a big grin on his face and said, he says, absolutely. And I assigned it to my executive over here, and it was assigned to another executive, and it set our team off on this wild adventure to redo the contest and add a May the 4th hashtag to it because that's May the 4th be with you. That's Star Wars Day. And um, we partnered with the NASDAQ and uh, went to Times Square and had our employee photos that were being entered into the contest featured on the giant screen that lives in Times Square at the NASDAQ. And we did a, a Facebook Live from the NASDAQ. That was when Facebook Live had just kicked off. And our employees had a blast and they loved it. And and this is the kind of stuff we do all the time. 
And I think that's what makes our culture special. And I think especially with candidates who are coming into the market now, Gen Z especially, but even so millennials who are not exactly early in career anymore, that they're looking for that culture fit. They got smart. When I was younger and looking for a job, I just wanted a paycheck, right? Like I'm like, pay me money so I can afford my uh, rental in Washington, D.C., which is where I worked at the time. And it was expensive as it still is. And I just wanted a job. And having worked at Cisco, I if I ever got another job, which I hope, you know, I hope to say at Cisco for a long time, just because the culture is amazing. But if I ever look for a job, I would be so picky. Like you would have to have a stellar culture. And I never would have looked at that before. And so by the way, we showcase that in our, we are Cisco channels is now on Twitter, Instagram. Um, two years ago, we started Cisco's first Snapchat channel. Um, you didn't mention any news at the beginning of our podcast today, but um, news in the U.S. was that presidential candidate Joe Biden joined Snapchat yesterday, um, oh, wow. and I was like, and I was like, just no, no, yeah, <laughs> um, because at the end of the debates, he said, you know, go visit Joe three zero three 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 and or whatever number he used, and and everybody was confused. Like, if you don't understand how to text, how to tell someone to text you and send you money, you should not be on Snapchat. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that was, that was a text to him to, to give him money, but he did join Snapchat yesterday. And I was like, no, you need a new social media team. Um, but we did join Snapchat and people thought we were crazy. Probably the same. I thought of, of Joe Biden's campaign, but we knew that's where our audience was. And we knew we could talk to them in the way they wanted to engage with us. So we started a Snapchat channel and lost our minds and gave employees the username and password and made it a takeover every day. I love that, by the way. I, I, I love that move. It, it, it was, it's bold because people don't like giving up control, um, but it, that it's, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. And I'll shut up again, but I just love that. <laughs> That's okay. No, it was. It was scary. And there's a funny story. I had had surgery and I was actually out on leave and my boss called me to check on me and she asked me um, how I was doing. And I said, I don't know if it's the drugs or what, but I have this idea for how we do Snapchat. And to her credit, she didn't balk at the idea at all. Um, she didn't say Carmen, you know, go take some more Percocet, like <laughs> stop talking. Um, she says, let's make it a pilot. And it was a pilot for three weeks. And then it wasn't, um, because we showed results and, um, and then we made the same bold decision based on metrics and our audience last year, um, or actually the beginning of this year to shutter our Snapchat account because our candidates were telling us that they didn't use Snapchat that way. And they were now on Instagram and Instagram stories. And so um, we went out on a high note. We had a summer of interns where you think it's scary just giving employees the username and password. We gave it to the interns and uh, they had a fantastic summer and had great metrics. And um, then they went back to school and took our ambassadors back to school, but our, our, our audience was back to school and it just didn't make any sense to keep doing it. But, you know, we say we're retired. You can always come out of retirement. I mean, professional players, sports players do it all the time. So uh, we could possibly come out of retirement, but we would have to have a really good metric to do it. What was the purpose of the Snapchat campaign? You know, cause I, I know it went global. You had, you had people around all over, all over the world wanting to help uh, run that channel for you and volunteering their time to, to manage it. But what, what was the purpose of it? The purpose was to take our culture story and customize it for where our audience was, which is the time was on Snapchat 
And Snapchat was the most raw social channel at the time. And again, it made no sense to make it a brand account because that's not how people used Snapchat. And we told our employees, use the dog face filter or the vomiting unicorn or whatever, you know, funny face filter it is. It's just just like taking over your own Snapchat account. Do it the same way. Use the stickers. Use the GIFs. But what you're talking about is why you love working at Cisco. Um, and And the ambassadors had a blast with it. They had a blast. And we won, I think, five or six different awards for that activation. And every time we won an award... We would go up on stage and pick it up and I would say, this is not ours. This is the employee's award because they're doing it. We're giving them the guidelines and the, you know, if you think about bowling as a kid and you have the lane, uh, the things that go in the lane to keep you from rolling a gutter ball, that's what we were doing. We were just giving you the lane bumpers as employees and and letting you go. And it took a lot of trust and we planned for the 99% of the time it would go right. And we had a contingency plan for the 1% of the time it would go wrong. And we never had to implement the contingency plan. Um, And that, again, is just a testament to how amazing our culture is at Cisco and how trusting we are of our employees and how much we want to hear their voice. And I think think us doing this in Talent Brand has seen, seen its tentacles spread into the rest of the organization. And it's just helped build the culture that we have now. And it's, it's fantastic. So if I'm an executive listening in and, or, you know, somebody who wants to get executive buy-in and uh, doesn't have the perfect storm that you had, you know, what are the, looking back uh, over the past few years and looking forward, why do this? What are the benefits of doing this to a business? Well, and here's what happened to us about two and a half or three years in. Everybody kept saying that this is great and fluffy and, you know, the softer side and it, it's just great PR, but it doesn't drive metrics. And that, that drove me nuts. And so I, I told our team, I'm like, we're going to prove them wrong. And so we started tracking our metrics using the sales funnel. I mean, it's the sales funnel that you see in pretty much any sales organization. Um, you can call the different levels different things, but essentially at the top is awareness. You're driving awareness. So this is really the brand. This is share a voice. This is, are you top of mind for candidates that you're trying to hire and the skill sets you're trying to hire them? So we have awareness metrics, like how many people did we reach? Um, how many impressions did we get, which is a vanity metric, but when told as a part of a complete story, it's still something important to look at. Um, what is our share of voice? So during our, we are Cisco love where you work contest, love where you work was a broader hashtag chosen for that reason, because it was getting us into a broader conversation that other people were having. And then we are Cisco was our sort of tribal call, if you will. And we would track for the time our contest would run, we would have, I think the first year we tracked it, we had a 30% share of voice in that conversation. And this past year we had almost a 50% share of voice. So if you're posting about loving where you work, Cisco was in your face uh, in a good way. Um, So we track those awareness metrics and then we go a little bit further down the funnel to consideration. Okay. If people are aware of us, are they taking an action? Are they liking an Instagram post? Are they completing Instagram stories? Are they liking a tweet or responding to a tweet? But not only that, are they clicking on links, which is now taking them to our career site? Are they reading our blog posts, which is telling them more about our culture in a long form 
version. And then, you know, a decision part of the funnel, which is, okay, we've sent them to careers. Are they applying? And we have the numbers this year for the first time because um, these ATS applicant tracking systems and social metrics, they don't talk to each other. So it's a lot of backing into metrics, but we have for the first time metrics that show how many hires we got from social. Um, we even hired two people directly from our Snapchat campaign, which we never thought we would do, um, but we did. And that was awesome. Um, and then at the core of the entire funnel is advocacy because people trust people. And there's a snippet from the 2017 Edelman Trust Barometer, which was on a scale of 100, people trusted employee voices by 16 points more than the CEO. And that's not yeah. to say that Chuck Robbins is an amazing CEO at Cisco, and that's not to say that he's lying to anybody. It's just he's expected to go on MSNBC and all of these financial shows. And when he does his earnings readout to say, yes, we're a great company to work. You know, what's he going to say? No, <laughs> no, don't come work here. No, it's his job. But for employees, it's not their job. And so they're trusted by more. And so at the bottom of the funnel, holding up the entire funnel is this advocacy piece. And we measure on that. And then every quarter we have this slide because at Cisco, we like to talk in PowerPoint slides. I don't know if anybody else has this problem, but I think we should burn them all. Um, but we do this, this slide that looks like an infographic that shows here's each social channel and the business impact it's having. So you can't tell me that it doesn't have business impact because I can show you it does. I mean, it's, it's both internal and external. So you're, you're, you're basically being more competitive in the labor market to attract the best talent, but also you're creating these stronger, stronger emotional, cultural bonds with the, with your employees that they have, I guess. So that you're, retain, exactly. you're retaining them as well. The side benefit, again, that we, I guess we should have anticipated, but that's not the reason we did it, but that's the side benefit is that now, again, I, that's why I call our We Are Cisco hashtag this tribal call because employees want to shout it from the rooftops. And it's it's yeah. a way that we are a global company. Uh, we have over 90 offices around the world. And a lot of our work happens on our own technology with WebEx and WebEx teams and our collaboration suite of tools. And so we're often not in the same place with our coworkers. But this idea of having this tribe brings us together no matter where we are. And again, it, I think it's a side benefit of what we set out originally to do with it, which was give candidates a look behind the curtain, if you will, to see what it's really like. Cause you know, and I've said this before, you can't PR your way to a talent brand. I mean, you can try good luck, but if you say it's one thing and a candidate walks in on day one and it's something else, they're gone in six months and you've just lost all the money you spent to hire them. And you have to spend it again to hire somebody new. This way, they know what they're getting. I, I, lo I love the advocacy piece, and it's you know trusted source of information. You know, back back in the day when I was in in, in ice, family business was comms, uh, and you know comms people, you know, not very well trusted, and advertising and PR and, and even the media, all the, all the trust has, has you know dived over the years. But and that's where sites like TripAdvisor were born because people trusted other people and the recommendations, and then trusting your peers. It's because one, one of the reasons I, I believe is people set the right expectations. They're not overselling it or underselling it. They're saying, if, if you like this kind of place and you'll love it. And if you like, if you don't, then you won't. And, 
And so when, when they walk in, the expectations are kind of set exactly the right place and it's your job to exceed them. Um, and, and that's where advocacy is built. And it, that's, that's why your staff and your people are doing that. They're doing it for you. They're, they're being honest and, and, and the trust would be much, much greater. And they get so excited. They're like, you. actually, one of our blog writers, our blog is authored by employees as well. Uh, we say we say their words are edits. Um, we just pretty much make sure it's in complete sentences and, and put it on our blog. But one of our blog um, writers sent us a note and said, "You, as an employee, you really know you've made it when the We Are Cisco channel reaches out and says, can you share your story with me? And um, I guess we get jaded having being the team that does it, but to yeah. see the employees, they get so excited. And I had one, my, my Cisco bestie, I call her, um, she says, Carmen, I just get so insanely excited when we are Cisco likes my tweet. <laughs> and I said, I said, mission accomplished. Yay. Um, so it, it engenders that feeling as well. And it's just, again, this perfect, it's worked out for us perfectly um, planned and unplanned. We, we, we'd love to we'd love to write up your story with your permission and obviously running a party and, and, and publish it as well to, to accompany the podcast it would probably podcast will probably come out first but uh, you know it is a great story and and impossible to to cover it all in in the limited time that we give you um but i think you know you've given us an amazing insight uh, of what you've what you've been, the journey you've been on over the past uh, five years. I'm going to ask another question in a second, but just just to kind of recap what I've taken away, and let me know if you think this is this is fair. But I, I think at the beginning, one 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 of the themes I hear from people who have successfully managed to, to, to develop and execute an employee people focused strategy is that you were given permission to fail, um, and you know, and and that also gave, gives you courage to do that if you could permission to go and try something and if it doesn't work that's fine you, you you decided that you were going to listen to your employees and and then when once listening to them actually amplify their voices and and actually then also hand over control to those to those same people as well along the way and they seem to be quite quite strong themes to that led to the success of obviously your team as well being put a main part of that but would those be would those, would those be fair lessons that i've pulled out of what you've been talking about today Absolutely. And I just want to call out the piece where you're allowed to fail because this is scary for a lot of companies and a lot of executives. And I have, when I give presentations at social media conferences, I have a slide that has this sign. It's a directional sign and it says this way to the nuclear power plant and the spider farm. And that's how most people think they're like, oh my God, I'm going to get this nuclear reactive spider and it's going to eat me, right? That's, that's their fear when they think about employer brand done this way. But that's also what gave us Spider-Man, right? He's an Avenger. He's a superhero. And I tell people, you have to start worrying. You have to stop worrying about what could go wrong and start wondering about what could go right. Because the We Are Cisco example is exactly what happens when you walk down that path and take a chance. I'm, I'm scribbling that down because it's a great. Stop worrying about what can go wrong. And what can go wrong. And start wondering about start what can go right. About what can go right? That's fantastic, um, brilliant. Um, so, so what's next? Is it, it, it? Are you being driven now uh, by by where the employees are taking you, or have you got some ideas up up your sleeve? Obviously, you've closed down Snapchat. You've moved to Insta. Is it is it is it fluid, or have you got some ideas that you're going to try and implement that you want to? <laughs> um, we have. Yeah, we just started a great new adventure down the LinkedIn Live beta. Um, 
it's interesting is what I can say, but we're following the same model. So we start because we are in a beta and we're learning the tools and, you know, everything is a little wonky because it's still in beta. But right now it is hosted by someone on my team, but we interview employees as we get comfortable with the format. Our plan is to do it entirely as we did with Snapchat, which is give the employees the hosting abilities and let them talk to their colleagues about whatever topic it is we're covering that week. Um, so that's that we're heading down that way because live is doing really well for us. Instagram live is the same. Um, and again, it's that raw look kind of like Snapchat was, but, and we just created this set of employer branding videos, um, which we're super proud of. They're on YouTube, head to the, we are Cisco YouTube channel to check them out. And um, I like to say that if someone would do a list of the top 10 employer branding videos, I, I would hope that this would be on them because it's different from any employer branding video you're going to see. Um, and even our, even our employee talking heads, you know, we, we have these vignette videos, what we call them. Um, they're all themed around this BU with us because it doesn't start with high I'm so-and-so and I'm a software engineer. It starts with, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm a yoga instructor and I'm able to bring myself to work and I'm flexible enough to be able to teach my yoga class and work, you know, it's just, and again, it's their stories. And what I loved about it is it's all technical roles that we featured and we asked managers in those business units to recommend people for the videos and all five of the technical roles were women that they recommended. And so we get to show off our diversity without really trying. I mean, that wasn't an intention. The intention was yeah. to show off these roles, but now we get to show off our amazing women in tech and, you know, women in tech are, are a minority. And yet when managers were given the opportunity to put forward someone, they put forward a woman and they're fantastic. Fantastic. Let me know how LinkedIn Live goes. We're thinking about doing something like that here, but you know, I've got, a, as I say, I've got a face for radio, so I think <laughs> we might stick on the podcast for a little bit longer. I think so. Might get Ruth to do the uh, the LinkedIn Live. So, um, but no, look, I'm so grateful for your time. I'm sure everybody listening in is as well. Um, you know, you're an award winner for a reason, and the work you've been doing is fan absolutely fantastic. And I'm hope I'm sure you've inspired others to, to go and try to get that permission to fail. Uh, stop worrying about what can go wrong and start wondering what can get what can go right. Love it. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, Carmen. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. having me. And uh, look, we look forward to uh, hearing from you soon again. I'm sure. So uh, thanks again, and thank you for everybody listening into this podcast. Um, once again, the UK and European entries are open right now until October the 9th. Uh, we'll open in North America at the end of the year with deadlines sometime in March 2020. But uh, for now, thanks very much, Carmen, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.